Yo, how are you doing, folks? Welcome to episode 33 of the Simple Life Podcast with me, Simple Carter, joined as always by Mr. Maka. How are you on this fine evening, sir? Not too bad. I am very, very, very fucking tired, as you can probably tell. Uh, it's been a hefty week, hefty week of just trying to do so much shit. But, you know, <clears throat> it is what it is. At least it's still fucking bright out. Happy days. How are you? That's a groundbreaking philosophy right there. It is what it is. That's like Descartian. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, I got sunburned at the start of this very warm week, and it's, it's been a very uh, hot one since, to be fair. With the other thing you see, I'm very sort of shiny and burnt in some places, but still overly creamy, peach-colored in others. Um, but yeah, it's been a fun week. It's been a fun week. Very much looking forward to our guest this evening. Um, unfortunately, we were supposed to record with somebody else this week, but kindly, our guest uh, tonight has, has <laughs> jumped in the fray and saved us from... Saved uh, or rather saved you, wonderful folks. Minute of the week of me and Maka talking shite for two shite. hours. Um, <laughs> but our, our guest this evening is a cannabis com- campaigner who is fighting for whole plant or feckle full extract cannabis oil on the NHS for her son who has a rare form of epilepsy that is drug resistant. Um, Karen, Karen Gray, welcome to the Simple Life Podcast. How are you today? Hello, I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for inviting me on. Anytime, anytime. Um, could you please give our sort of listeners and viewers a better idea of sort of who you are and why you're here today? Okay, so um, my son is eight now and he started having seizures when he was young. Um, he got put on loads of different drugs, nothing helped. One of them actually caused a blood disorder which he needed blood transfusions for steroids put two stone and weight on him nothing helped we eventually got epidilates through the nhs and it did reduce the seizure lens but it didn't stop them um he was still in a wheelchair he was having chronic side effects like diarrhea from this um six mils a day of this epidilates then it just stopped working completely and he ended up in hospital in status so he was basically lying in a hospital bed getting tube bed absolutely out his face on all the drugs they were giving him it was it was horrible i wouldn't wish that on anybody um and then i basically went over to holland and i um, i got a doctor took over murray's medical notes um went to the pharmacy brought back the oil um for three months actually i brought it back through customs illegally which was really stressful by the third month it was a case of i knew this oil was helping and i was more scared of getting it taken off me than getting caught with it um, I wasn't really bothered what would happen to me. Um, NHS refused to write a prescription, refused to help. Um, he was having like hundreds of seizures a day up until June, basically coming up for two years now, and he's not had a single seizure at all, nothing. And we know we know it's the cannabis oils that are you know keeping the seizures away for sure. That wow. was a very, very, very quick explanation of the last three years. <laughs> yeah, very, very concise. Um, and un- I mean, this was all kind of respect. Unfortunately, not that much of a unique story. There was, there were quite a few parents in exactly the same position that that were kind of told, there's nothing you, we can do. We can give exactly what we're told we can give you. If that doesn't work, we don't know what to tell you. And then people like yourself who are kind of brave and bold enough to to reach out, to look out and see what is out there and, and do some research and then travel to these places to then access this, to then come back and be met with dumbfounded doctors who are looking at you like, well, okay. So how, how has that kind of felt to, because I mean, in one part, I imagine it's empowering to take autonomy for your child's health, but on the other hand, to have 
this this monolith of a health system kind of deny you this basic right of access. Exactly, because the law changed in November 2018. So, um, you know, they are allowed to write the prescription. Legally, they can do it. Um, but unfortunately, I've been told various things like, oh, I'm collecting my pension soon, or, you know, oh, I can't do it. Um, <clears throat> I won't do it because I don't know if it's safe. You know, then fast forward a year that he's been on it, you know, he's still not going to do this for us. Nope, still not going to do it. Getting passed from pillar to post by various departments, you know, from the UK government to the Scottish government, sort of blaming each other, saying, well, it's, you know, it's, it's the Scottish government's responsibility and the Scottish government are saying, no, it's the UK government's responsibility. Nobody's, nobody's taken ownership of it. And they've changed guidelines. You know, guidelines have been updated and stuff, and nothing has changed at all. Like, nobody can get this these prescriptions. And I think it's more infuriating because there are two children in the UK with NHS prescriptions for the very same oils. And that that's the bit that actually really hurts because, you know, there's all, they're already prescribing this to two children, the same oils. So why, what's wrong with my children? What's wrong with all the other children, you know, that are needing it? It's, it's, uh, it's absolutely shocking, to be honest. And I, I've tried so many times different avenues, you know, to try and get the prescription and funding and things. And um, I get different excuses each time. I mean, it's just a joke. I got told that I would um, have to move Murray's care down to the, the port, the, but basically a hospital in London, the doctor who's writing a prescription, I said, no, you know, he's got a right to care, NHS care in Edinburgh. Um, Loads of different things. I'm um, told I couldn't the I couldn't get a second opinion option with the doctor I wanted. I had to have it was on a list they gave me, and I knew all the doctors on it weren't supportive of cannabis at all. So I thought, okay, um, asked for like a shared care agreement between my GP who wants to write, you know, wants to prescribe this for us, and I got told, no, no, you can't have that because um, we won't, can't have a shared care agreement with a private neurologist, and it's like, okay. Then we got put forward to Reska's, the refractory epilepsy specialist, you know, the thing that was set up by Matt Hancock that allegedly, um, to, you know, to help us get these prescriptions. And um, yeah, they basically said that Murray should be weaned off the oils and put back an epidiolex. And it's a case of uh, no, you know, like it was just, um, we're, we're kind of fighting that at the moment. We've actually scaled it up to the, the Scottish Public Ombudsman's looking at it now. Um, because the information given to Rescos we don't feel was actually accurate. So then Murray's neuro at the time resigned from his care um, due to the stress of the situation. And I thought, oh, well, this, you know, this is great. You know, it's stressful for you. Can you imagine how stressful yeah. it is for us finding over a grand a month each month to keep our son out of your hospital? And um, so he resigned from the care. Now we're in, like, we've got the team of neuros. We've asked them to go back to Rescos and give them the correct information. We've actually got documentation for a health professional that wrote Murray's healthcare plan whilst he was on Epidiolex in school, you know, and we've seen her as well. And she's basically wrote a letter to say how bad he was then and how great he is now. And they, they won't go back to rescue us. So <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's like, where do you, where do you go? I mean, it, it's just absolutely shocking, you know, what's been going on. Yeah, it, it sounds, and it's, it, echoes to me uh conversation i think it was episode 26 27 we had lisa quarrel on 
And she did the exact same thing. What happened with the Scottish government basically went, oh, nice have updated the guidelines in, in, in the UK. So we're going to follow them. We haven't had to update our guidelines. And then they've gone to the UK and the UK have said, oh, you have to follow the Scottish guidelines. Scottish guidelines, we haven't updated them since the laws changed. So therefore, we defer to their guidelines. And it's that infinite loop trap. And exactly what you've just said there as well, it's the obfuscation of responsibility. No one individual wants to like pause it and kind of go, oh, this very specific thing works for this very mm-hmm. specific child. Look at the transformation over 18 months and measure that, not the other determinative factors. The reason that the the official body is is pushing um, Epidiolex is because it's a registered licensed medication. In their eyes, they're happy to do that because that's the official route for it. Whereas everything Mm -hmm. they're doing with cannabis at the minute is off-label prescription. And they know this. But what we also found out from a conversation with Hannah Deacon a few weeks ago all child medications are unlicensed and untested because mm-hmm. it's, it's immoral to do tests on children. So we're stuck in this paradox of the, the very excuse they're using doesn't hold light. The idea of it, if you don't glimpse behind that very thin veil and go, oh, it's bullshit. That's a lot of bullshit under there. You know I mean? It looks like a genuine excuse and they don't have any leg to stand on with this. I, I can't get my head around it. I mean, um, I'm, I'm quite glad to hear that obviously you're one of the, the uh, families that will benefit. I say benefit. You're still obviously having to fork out the money you are, but you're going to mm-hmm. benefit from that extended window of allowing Bedrolite products to be uh, imported because yeah. since obviously Brexit, they kind of turned around at the, the 11th hour to, to the majority of people and went, oh, by the way, in a few weeks, you're not going to be able to import this because we can't fulfill British prescriptions in foreign um, pharmacies. So yeah. <laughs> how how much notice, if you don't mind me asking, were you given about this? Oh, we were given about two weeks notice. Mm. Um, it was just like, oh, my God, like you are kidding. And it was a major panic. So I thought, you know, like with COVID and everything, it's not like we could just fly back over and, and you know, pick it up and bring it back again. Mm. Um, so it, it was a major stress. But fair dues to the Department of Health, they did sort it out. They realised how important, you know, how important it is that the children over here continue to receive the soil. But whether it's not because of the two children that already have NHS prescriptions, I do question if they didn't have those prescriptions, would they have bothered to sort it out for the rest of us, you know? Uh, but, yeah, I don't think they'd have had that obligation, would they? They could yeah. have kind of just gone, well, it's out of our hands and that's enough. But that the fact yeah. that it already kind of cemented that mechanism, yeah, I think that was the minimum they could do is to keep that six months. And now they've given it another six months, I believe. It's January yeah. 2022, they've said that yep. it's going to run out again. That's right, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they, they have done that, which is good. But, you know, they should sort out the funding for, for all of us as well. You know, they should do something. They should create, yeah. uh, like what they've got in Ireland, they've got a... So compare, they've got a reimbursement department. No, they've got a department over there that they reimburse the cost of your oils. You know, mm. they, they could do something like that here. I know that Vera Toomey over there is fighting to get it paid at cost so that she doesn't have to actually fork out the money for the medicine and wait to get it reimbursed mm. as well. But, I mean, you, they could do something like that for us here, reimburse us. You know, that would at least help because it's, it's a struggle for anybody trying to find that kind of money each month, and then you, you look at the kids that would could really, I mean, I know people with kids that could really, really benefit mm. from trying this oil and they cannot afford it. And so their child is still having hundreds of seizures. Like how fair is that? It's not fair. How fair is, you know, yeah. it's not, not good. It's upsetting. Mm-hmm. 
it, it it really is because it's it's bureaucracy and as we've just discussed it's very thinly veiled bureaucracy it's a few strokes of a fucking pen at this point it, it really shouldn't take as much as they're <laughs> pretending it to be there's an interesting point i saw in a comment um on something i posted on facebook a while last week i think maybe um and it basically said that one of the reasons the uk is struggling most is that we have a free healthcare service so the adoption of cannabis into a private insurance-based system is quite easy because then it's dirty business doing deals with dirty business. It's quite easy. Mm-hmm. When they can't screw over the end user, they have to screw over the, the civil service system. They have to screw over that, the governmental part of the NHS. So there's parts of it that are being picked clean as they're privatizing to create mechanisms for, say, DMT therapies, LSD therapies, you know, ketamine therapies, all the rest of this stuff, while they're still leaving this in the lurch. And it very much to me feels maybe slightly a conspiratorial thought, but the, mm-hmm. the, the idea that they're doing this deliberately, they're empowering this private mechanism until it is so much larger, until their margins are, are ran to the bottom, so that even by the time the NHS could catch up to it and is allowed to run that race, they will never see that finish line because they'll have created these divergent alternative routes away from uh, a social healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say that, you know, it's possible of course it is um it's also possible that through utter fear uh, ignorance that they're doing this inadvertently they're doing the exact same enforcing inadvertently if that makes sense so that it, you know when the time does come from the nhs uh, to to actually play ball it's it's fucked from that point of view but i mean i mean i mean that's that's also viable if you think about it i mean did you say uh, karen that one of the uh, neurologists is that, is that correct retired yeah. due to the stress of the situation due to the well, stress he didn't, he didn't, or, yeah he sorry. didn't retire he just retired from murray's care so he's oh. still working there. yes it's just that he didn't want to oh. look after murray anymore yeah right. okay i had it in my head <laughs> that he had just went right something's coming somebody's trying to get me i'm fucked i'm out i'm out <laughs> tapped. Uh, no it wasn't okay. anything and it wasn't even as if i was emailing him all the time because i wasn't you know it wasn't anything like that at all i'd um, accepted the fact that he, he would he would never ever write the prescription all i wanted to do was get the shared care agreement which would have left him completely out of it you know but he obviously didn't trust me to <laughs> he obviously thought well if rescuers say yeah murray should stay on the soil it would have put pressure on him to write a prescription you know, but I'd said I wouldn't do that. I would have pursued the shared care agreement to keep him out of it. But there we go, eh? Mm. <laughs> so what what do you think is going to be sort of the future of this? Do you think it's going to be a situation where they go, oh, the NHS route is available, but it's only ever going to be Epidiolex? No, I think they'll do trials. I do think they're going to do trials. Whether it's going to be using isolates, like THC isolates and things, I don't know. Um, but I do think that um, that whatever company they use, whatever oil they use, um, just say the trial is successful. I think that will be the only one you can get. I don't think they're going to say, OK, like we've trialed THC, we'll write you a prescription for your bed relate and your Bedica. You know, I just, yeah, I don't think they'll do that. I know in Holland, um, they were about to start trials using the bed relate in a children's hospital. So we're kind of just holding out and waiting for, for mm. that to you know, to finish and things to get the results. Because that may help. Although the NHS here and the doctors, they don't seem to want to take any evidence from abroad. 
you know that's the difficult situation we stand if they want to look for evidence of efficacy there is an entire subcontinent across the way there that has mountains of it but of course it is not accepted within our academic realms or within our it's yeah and it's yeah it's it's bullshit it's entirely bullshit the humans that are wandering the the continent of north america are the same as us you know, I mean, they have the same <laughs> may- makeup. You know, they have the same endocannabinoid system. Yeah, it, it's 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 an absolute farce what is currently happening with the way that this is being sort of rolled out. Uh, one question I did want to uh, ask you is: Do you think that this would happen with an independent Scotland? Do you think mm-hmm. obviously Scotland have kind of committed to the idea of looking to legalize and create a, a much more robust medical market anywhere? But my, it's, I suppose it's a two-part question. One, do you think if IndyRef wanted to gone the, I was going to say the right way there, that shows my political leanings. There you go, folks. <laughs> if, it, if it has gone the other way, shall we say, um, do you think we'd be in this situation? I suppose part two, we are in this situation. Do you think IndyRef too could be a, a potential solution to it? Okay, so if um, Scotland went independent, I think, right, okay, that they would decriminalise cannabis. They would do a lot more. I think they would, but with regards to um, NHS prescriptions, I think we'd still have the same trouble because the neurologists work UK-wide. Mm. Like, they work UK-wide, and I don't think that'll change because, you know, they all sort of, like, the BPNA, the British Paediatric Neurology Association, it's UK-wide. Rescas, it's UK-wide. I don't think that'll change. I think it'll change the the, the drug stance, like, decri- like decriminalise them of things i think that will change but i don't think um nhs prescriptions will change interesting because all that would kind of then look to create is kind of an industry of pop-up um shops and vendors kind of supplying then what is what is needed i mean there's an argument to be made that that would work far better because the the ease of access but then it is a case of certain standards and this is where the industry likes to pride itself that all this medical weed that it's currently distributing in the uk is, is, is above the standard that can be grown in warehouses that criminal gangs or individual growers can c- cultivate themselves. This is slowly unraveling as we're seeing more and more of images of people releasing med- medical cannabis flowers that are, uh, have bud rot, medical cannabis flowers that are turning up looking like uh, oregano shake, um, you know, people paying serious money for product that frankly is little to no trichomes from various testing that's been done by um, I'm not sure if they've released the study yet, so I'm not going to name them. A certain organization has <laughs> um, highlighted that there is massive discrepancy between what is on the label and the end product. So people are getting two or three prescriptions in, and they're actually getting two or three different cultivars with widely varying terpene and cannabinoid profiles. So their arguments of consistency, their arguments of hygiene and everything else are just not there in, in, in quite a few cases. So that being said, I think the current market, if self-regulated and self-governed, could really get there. I mean, I'd, I'd like to hope that if Scotland went for a true independence, they would kind of want to, in every way, almost spitefully be like, fuck you to what's left yeah. of the UK. And be like, we will make our own independence this and this, yeah. and this and this and this. And by doing it, probably attract a lot of the people in Britain that are kind of, go, yeah, yeah. If we go over there, we can actually speak our mind. We'll, we can work in the field in advance rather than getting stuck in this loophole of going, oh, actually, we, we will prescribe brain surgery over a plant. We will prescribe mm-hmm. 78 medica- 74 medications or whatever it was that Hannah was on about. We will go through all of these ridiculous routes of traditional medicine rather than looking at the oldest traditional medicine. Yeah, I know. It's, it's silly, isn't it? Like you've got VNS, the implant VNS into children. It costs about 20 grand. Um, 
And that, I mean, it's an electrical thing they put on their nerves, you know, that gives them sort of, oh, it's, just, it's, hor it's horrible. Yeah, and they'd rather do that, put something like that inside their child than let them try the cannabis oil mm. that has no side effects. Or drill 15 holes into the side of, the, uh, side of your head. 15, 15 holes. Was it 15 uh, or 17? 17, 17, I think. Uh, I'm sorry, I've just thought of something there. What if, right, every doctor had to try every drug first? Paracet <laughs> paracetamol and shit and that. Well, no, I'm, imagine a hot take. This is just a hot take. It's just come off my head. So forgive me for any any extreme thought that if you took this to a hyperblog argument, you might go to. But if every doctor had to try every drug, be aware of the active side effects of these these compounds, I think it would directly change their relationship. So yeah. if all of the doctors that say, no, cannabis is bad, had to have at some point taken cannabis, they would at least have a better idea. Even if it wasn't for them, they'd be like, well, the world didn't end. I didn't, the devil didn't appear before me. I didn't go out naked and go and kill children. I didn't, none of the horrible, ridiculous things that the media wants me to think about it. I think it would really change that, that got that relationship massively. It'd become more shamanistic and um, back to that sort of level, would it be sort of uh, neo, neo shamanism? mixed with medical oh no I fucked it up I was trying to come up with something clever there and it just didn't work it was too long it was too long it was about 16 words um, <laughs> now I, I think that that would be an interesting thing especially from from a terms of if you if you want to truly be effective in in the most complete sense medically then the only way forward is to fucking know what you're talking about through and through not what you've read would fucking know it. Do you know? Do you understand? Mm -hmm. It's the most effective people in 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 drug uh, dependency recovery. The people that seem to have the most long term success are people who have had lived experience that have either gone through recovery themselves, or even people that are in peership that are still consuming. You know, what I mean, that active connection to it, rather than the judgment, the stigma, the shame, and all the other crap that comes from some highly educated individual from a different class than you who lives a very different life from you, sitting in his lovely clean pressed shirt in his brand new 300 pound shoes, looking down on you for, for being dressed the same way for three goddamn days because you've been struggling at the school. You know what I mean? It's a ridiculous kind of warped thing. And it's the same with the, when, when a doctor then sits this side of them, oh, the stress of all of this. It's like, mate, I've got to make 1500 fucking quid a, a month to keep my kid alive. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. It's such a warped mentality of, of, of the juxtaposition between the reality that these are the gatekeepers. You know, Hannah Deacon spoke about on the podcast recently of the, uh, the doctors are no longer gods. And that was a wonderful way of describing it. And it's not just the way that mm -hmm. we're looking at them, but I think they're realizing it too. And that's why they're going, nah, you can't have that magic plan because I don't understand it. Therefore, it's wrong. That's right. I mean, obviously, whenever we first met um, Murray's neuro, like we trusted him and you know all the drugs that he was given murray we trusted him absolutely 100 percent. we trusted him and then you get to a stage where i don't know if i actually you know i don't don't know if i, I trust what he's doing now you know and then the whole thing with, with the cannabis oil especially now that we, we've seen how much it helps murray and he's you know they're still saying no no we can't prescribe that and it really does open your eyes and make you think my god you know like if we'd just given him the oil first of all, without giving him all those horrible medications that he had to try, you, you would have been, you know, you would have been okay. And so you do sort of lose a bit faith in them as well. Like, Absolutely. I think I've lost faith in all, like, I question everything now, everything. Whereas before I wouldn't have questioned anything, I would have trusted my doctor 100%. And now I question everything and I look up everything. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right too. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, they, yeah, I mean, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. So I was just uh, 
put the, I was just going to say, pull this up to Earth. If you go on to Karen's uh, Twitter page and you go on to the pinned tweet, the image that accompanies the GoFundMe page, that, that is, first image is January. The next image is, what is that, May? May, is, yeah. Is May. Murray started the cannabis oils in March. He started, yeah. And this was actually before, I think it was, he'd only been taking the Bedica for a couple of weeks before I went, since whenever I took that picture mm. um, and he wasn't seizure free at that point either but the major difference in him just you know from the, the few few months that he started taking the oil was just I mean it still blows my mind to this day that I never ever thought that we could get him back how he is I just thought you know what maybe this oil will stop him going into status well maybe we just have to live mm. the seizures every day but it's unbelievable how much it's helped it's yeah it's Power, it's it's a yeah it's 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 insane because the yeah, the attitude of these doctors yeah they're talking about the things that they're talking about is is harm reduction of just like you're gonna have this worse more suffering horrible existence anyway and what we're gonna do is kind of almost put around and, and tweak and do this and that and is, is that got it no is this got it no is that got it well and what they're doing is symptom management they're still just trying to look at the uh, seizures or they're looking at the tremors of this sector or they're looking at this and this and this and they're trying to go too specific when what we're already finding from the anecdotal evidence and things we've known in i suppose law and in academia for uh, law as in folklore not as in law as in law law <laughs> sorry to clarify that um for nearly for nearly 200 goddamn years if you look at william o'shaughnessy and in, in his publications of this mm-hmm. you then think of how long those cultures knew about this that every housewife knew a deal to, to do it you know what i mean you think of that traditional knowledge that that hesitate to use sacred knowledge but uh, i would use that in the loosest term to describe the intergenerational knowledge of how to use plants and herbs and that that intimate healing because mm-hmm. yeah there were shamans who dealt with the serious shit but most people if you had an, a random ailment you, you would know what to do i even think of my grand's generation and she became a nurse because everything in their time was 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 the old time stuff and they moved into this new paradigm of medicine but still she would go and, and be telling the people who were taking the drugs we tried this you know this plant this and that and, and giving them this this knowledge still but it's, it's weird that we've now we're diverging from that we've kind of gone to this point of modern pharmacology and now we're diverging away again they've came they've taken the plants they've created the compounds They've tried their little tweaks and their little whatever. And now we're going back to, well, I suppose not even back to, we've discovered the endocannabinoid system. We now mm-hmm. understand how this thousands of years of knowledge actually works within the human body. And it's wonderful to see this divergence away. And I suppose all this, this, this pulse bolstering and this, this bullshit and bureaucracy is, is the resistance of that, that pull away like Velcro almost. And it's such a shame that families like yourself are caught up within that tearing apart the separating of that system because 10 years five uh, 10 15 20 years from now the way that children who are born with these conditions i mean fuck we might even get to a point of children not born with these goddamn conditions if we actually mm-hmm. pursue the right travel train of thought rather than going this happens deal with it going why does it happen and this mm-hmm. is the wonderful thing of the, the endocannabinoid system we can start to look at all of this in a different yeah. light yeah, I know. I think we're just too early. You know, we all, we all know this now, but we're just too early. You know, <laughs> they need to catch up with us. The doctors and everything, they do need to catch up with us. Like they already use, like most medicine is plant-based. Like quite a lot is. You know, they take, like look at morphine, for instance. Like it is, they take it from the plant. So what's wrong with taking it from the cannabis plant? Why, why you know, what happened? What happened? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a separate nature of it as well, though, because... Uh, opiates are 
less harmful to us than opioids. Opioids are the the semi sort of synthetics and full synthetic uh, versions, the analogs of these natural compounds. So people smoked opium for generations. And yeah, there's obviously the racist myths of like the, the crazed Chinaman and all this other stuff that kind of go through modern history over the past few hundred years. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, it was not really an issue until the British weaponized it to, as, as part of the, the international trade as a way to control commerce and hold cultures. But prior to that, same with other substances, they just existed. If you knew or you were part of the people who would tell you how to use it, you'd use it. If not, you didn't know it did no harm. And so this is where I worry of what we're kind of stuck at now with the reason families like yourselves have got no epidiolics, epidiolics. I can't think of a single person in your position, in a similar position to yourself that we've had on the podcast or we're planning to have on the podcast who has tried epidiolics and had a positive result from it. Mm-hmm. It's Yay. scary when I hear <laughs> about it. I know, I know it's it's not on, it really isn't. I should say as well, changing the subject a wee bit, <laughs> just to kind of plug this, right? Plug, um, plug, plug. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've, we've set up a charity called Intractable. Me and three other parents, um, all with uh, children and loved ones with intractable epilepsy. And our aim for the charity is to raise money so that we can pay these private prescription costs. So... Um, it's been a it's been our journey trying to get it set up, especially during COVID, like bank accounts and things. It has just been an absolute hassle, but we're there. Um I, and um, we're we're just about got enough money to actually get the charity status. And then we're hopefully going to be hitting big companies to give us lots and lots of funding so we can basically do what they're doing in Ireland, basically just like, you know, reimburse people for their or actually pay the invoices directly for the, the cannabis oil cost to take some of the strain off, you know, the strain off the parents. And like there's parents that are not being able to fundraise, they're running out of money, they're stressing because they know that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna not have enough money to buy the soil for their kids. So I think it's really, it's, it's like an important thing to do so that we can help other people. So I just had to plug that, sorry. No, <laughs> definitely. It's, 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 I have it up here. I'm, I'm playing the video for people to see at home. So if you're listening, jump over onto our YouTube page and uh, give this a little a look. You'll be able to find the link in the description below as well. Yeah. Uh, no, th- this is this is perfect, though, because uh, there's, there's a part of me that is like, the companies that are profiting from the it's gonna be a horrible i don't i've just realized how many p's are in the sentence sorry the companies who are profiting from the current paradigm of prohibition are, perpe- <laughs> are perpetuating this paradigm i didn't mean that finished. being so illiterate i was i was trying i was trying this way. just but you know what i mean right so they by them making money on the current situation as it is they are perpetuating the situation to to be prolonged too many, still too many people. I'm sorry, and I can't help it. Sometimes it turns on a letter in my head, it just spins a wheel, and it goes, "This sentence will be all peas." Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they're making money from this. So why the, f- frankly, why the fuck shouldn't they be funding the people who can't get into this because they're currently blocking it? It's like instead of the, we're kicking the door open, they've opened up a crack, and their fat ass, their greedy fat ass, is still. T- oh no, you can't, can't while holding the goddamn door shut. So people like, no, come on, come on. There's enough. We can get through. We can get through. It's a, it's a ridiculous paradigm that we're under. It, mm-hmm. it, it is truly absurd. Also, I suspect your question is semi-rhetorical or at least fully rhetorical, actually. <laughs> Everything I say is to some degree fully it's rhetorical. It's fucking obvious. Like, that's obvious why. <laughs> Money. <laughs> yeah. So I think as well, like, obviously there's lots of, you know, everybody's got different opinions and, um, 
a lot of people in the cannabis community don't like the whole farmer route, don't want the, you know, the cannabis oil through the farmer route. But like for me, I want that for Murray. I want to be able to just go, you know, to be able one day just to go to a chemist and get Murray's medicine. I don't want to have to grow my own plants and make my oil. I've, tr I've tried to grow, <laughs> I've tried to grow plants, right? And they've ended up moldy. <laughs> like, <laughs> and in the bin, I've tried, you know, because everyone says, oh, grow it yourself, grow it yourself. It's all right bugger it i'm going to try it doesn't work can't do it i'm not green fingers i can't do it so i want to be able to use the you know the nhs but like for people that can grow it like why why not just allow them to do it i mean you know i just i just don't get this country at all we're so backwards i don't understand why yeah James. Oh, did you're you get back, the you're back. No, you're back. You're did back. I just say something? Oops. It's normally <laughs> one of us, to be fair. <laughs> and looking at this fellow up here. <laughs> yeah, my camera. Yeah, touch, touch wood. My camera's been pretty good recently. Um, yeah, it's 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 as you say, it's 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 quite um, sort of a frustrating system. I understand why people are saying what they're saying to you, but I would say it's often said with a bit of naivety, because. Part of the healing of growing your own uh, growing your own plants is the process of it. Is you you pick your seeds and you've got these tiny little babies and you germinate them and you nurture them and you plant them and you look at them every day and you feed them and you you worry about them and you stress about it and then at the end of it you cure it and you, uh, you dry it and you cure it and you have you have this kind of end product and that process of that relationship is 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 powerful. That connection to the having the autonomy of your health. When you're doing that for another person, it's just fucking stress to that end point. Like, I've got to get this right. I've got to get this right for them. Whereas yeah. for you, you're going, hey, it's okay if it's scroggy. Off oh, it seeds a bit, I can do this. If I get this, I can deal with this. I can. And it's not the whole worry that if you fail, someone you love is in peril. The added stress of that, especially with a, a, a parental child connection, means that especially now that he's, your, your son is no longer doped up on a lot of the pharmaceutical compounds, he's far mm -hmm. more aware of your stress levels, of your interaction with the rest of the family, with your interaction with society. Good point. So when, this is what I keep bringing up with a lot of the mothers that are in similar situations, and it sounds a bit harsh and I don't mean it to, is what's the point of saving the child if we do if you, other irreparable damage is done to them socially, mentally, physically? And I don't mean that as in give up. That's not what I mean. I just mean that we have to focus on these other elements because at some yeah. point, the children of today who are going to be being by the, through intention or not, the poster children um, for this, this pharmaceutical paradigm, as they move into adulthood, they need that, as you say, they need to be able to pop into a shop. It should just be the same. It should be Holland and Barrett's boots, mm -hmm. any of these places, because it, it's a non-invasive thing when you, you truly look at it at the levels that are necessary just to keep off um the uh seizures you know i mean it's not a vast amount of these compounds when you look at how much you derive from the scale that is that is taken if exactly. we can remove the greed exactly. element it's, it's such a small amount you go if you look at the grand scale of it, all of the children with epilepsy in this country could be dealt with with one decent outdoor grow mm -hmm. it's ridiculous but they want to go no, we can make 2.6 million off this we can do this and create a vertically integrated infrastructure and Fuck off, the kids. That's the end thing. Plant, children. Yeah. It's that simple. I know, and I, I would say, like, the amount of THC <clears throat> that Murray gets as well, he's never been high. Never once. Mm. Never, ever been high off it at all. You know, it's it's such a such a small amount. Um, yeah. Which just... which can, I mean, if you have a look at some of the images that I've brought up, I mean, when he's completely out of it in one of those pictures... I mean, they're they're the drugs that are supposed to supposed to help. Do you know the kind of way? And and 
And you're yeah, saying he's that not, he's, he's never he's been, not, he's he's not, never he's even been high, high from this. He's, he's medicated. Oh, the right. terminology is he's medicated. If he was, he's, if he, he was, he was high off pharmaceutical drugs, you know, I mean, and they didn't yeah. even yeah. stop the seizures. And it was horrible. I mean, there's, I've got pictures of him. His, his eyes are rolled at the top of his head. Yeah. And yeah. I asked at the time, you know, is that the, the seizures that are doing that? Or is that the medication? And they said, well, probably a bit of both. And now when I look back, I'm like, it was the medication, you know, Definitely. it was the medication. Like he was absolutely off his off his face. And it, it's horrible. Really, it's horrible. Like whenever I do look back pictures of I've got to like from doing an interview and they ask for pictures and videos, it is horrible. It's mm. horrible. And I just think, oh my God, how did I how did I cope? How did I actually cope with that? You know, and I think I could never ever go back to that now now that he's so well, like, yeah, it's horrible. So yeah, we've just got to keep going. And that's why I think all of us just keep going, keep campaigning because we've got no other option. We have to, we have to do this. And I'll say Murray has no idea, no idea at all that his doctors won't give him this medicine and that his mum and dad are paying for it and that his face is all over the internet. Do you know what I mean? Like he's no idea at all that that's happening. And that's the way we have to keep it because I don't want him to grow up hating the world and hating the doctors and hating the government because they won't help. So we have to sort of shield them from that. Bless you. Can you imagine, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just gonna like, can you imagine being asked? No, I think you're right. Sorry, sorry, I should, I should preface that. Um, because could you imagine being asked by your child, why, why don't the people that are there to help me, help me? Simple question, and you could hear it. You could fucking hear it come out of, coming out of a child's mouth. I don't know. I don't know. How do you answer that? You just how do I know how do you answer that? You just couldn't. Mm. You know, oh, man. rules, rules, and regulations, and it would be like, well, I don't, you know, how could you? How would you understand that? Yeah. I I sincerely hope that this is resolved within enough time that he gets that innocence and naivety of his youth at this point because enough of it has been stolen by such a warped archaic system that would rather hold on to its traditions and its its principles than real world evidence it's yeah it's absurd it's truly fucking absurd i mean i'd like to think that it's if cowardly, he was, man. Just, yeah this would be sorted and he, yeah he get he gets that that youth and he gets that opportunity to grow up in a world as you say that he doesn't have that knowledge of, of how how fucked it is that they will deny a child something that as you say is seizure free it's not just managing mm-hmm. symptoms it's it's, pre- it's prevention it's you know what i mean We're, exactly it's 100 percent effective 100 percent. you saw deg's and all the things they put on their heads and they yeah. press the brain waves and all that um before they can't before the thc oils um that it was catastrophic i mean it was all over the place and the one he had done, the most recent one he had done looked normal. There was no seizure activity, you know, and in the Deuce syndrome, which is what Murray has, was still there, still underlying, but no seizure activity. And I mean, that's clinical evidence, you know, clinical evidence. And it's just so infuriating that they won't, they won't help. Yeah. But we've just got to keep pushing on because at some point, you know, <laughs> at some point they're going to have to, they're going to have to help. So what's his um, sort of day-to-day life like nowadays on, on the oil that he's on in comparison to sort of the traditional medications? Right, so before, I mean, yeah, 
you couldn't leave him for a second. You could not leave him for a second because he'd be having drop seizures or whatever, you know, any other type of seizures that he was having. So you couldn't leave him even at night. I mean, he would sleep in my bed in the every night and you, I wouldn't, you know, just through fear because he was always having seizures. And um, But now, I mean, yeah, I can go out the room and leave him in the room and just, with apps, there's no 100% he's going to be fine. <clears throat> like, he's not in a wheelchair. He doesn't have to wear his protective hat. He's at school full time. He's, you know, it's he can play at the park, and I'm not at the back of him, just waiting for him to have a seizure, waiting for him to fall. Like, I can take him out and know that he's going to be fine. You know, it's it's night and day. It was like, you, you know, I look back to how, how we lived, and I don't know how we did it. I honestly don't, don't know how we did it, because um, it is just like night and day. Yeah, the only sort of seizure that I've ever dealt with personally is um, <clears throat> was it with animals, right? And it's not it's inco- it's incomparable, right? I, I but I assume that there's some sort of subliminal um, thought process that is that is perhaps relatable at least is like <clears throat> I have a cat, I still have him at the moment, and I I I'm sort of um, I don't know how to actually verbalize this properly, but I. I have this knee-jerk reaction every time that it happens to him that this could be it. This could be it. This could be the last time that I fucking see this cat, man. And it, mm-hmm. it, I'm sorry to be so so heavy about it, but I don't I don't think people that 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 give you sort you and the other uh, mothers that we've had on flipping comments like oh go to Holland and Barrett they said it over there or or uh, you know what, what a million times <laughs> yeah or you know or grow your own is, is you know why don't you do that or there's plenty of people that fucking grow it why don't you get it off of them not clearly not fucking they don't understand that feeling man you know that 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 like I. I I, I I'm trying not to be so like like down about it, but just to sort sort of sum sum it up, it is, it is indescribable that feeling of just absolute finiteness. Do you know that kind of way that that it, everything could change within that moment, and you are fucking, well, me personally, you are useless in that situation. Do you know that kind of way for the most part without proper, you know, um medicine and you know i almost was reluctant to use that term but in this case it would definitely be uh the, the proper term to use you know um i jeez uh, yeah I, i'm not leaving you any any sort of branches to hang on to get, come in and save me here from, from, from this thought process but the one thing i can also just comment on is that what i find is that uh in that sort of situation i have no pro i have no concept of time whatsoever when when I did bring uh, the cat to the vet, the, the the vet was asking me all these questions. How long was this? How long was this? And I was like, I don't know, three, four, five minutes. In it, it was probably closer to thirty seconds, um, and he ended up giving us a, 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 some sort of proven medication that we have to give him rect- rectally, um, and the idea was that to manage that sort of that indescribable feeling that I'm trying my best to fucking dance around here is that he said, put the thing in, in the drawer downstairs. By the time it happens, you go to the drawer, you get it. That's about 30 seconds, 40 seconds. You'd be able to judge it by then. And and if it's still happening at that point, you can, you can apply it. Or if he's coming out of it, just monitor it and, and actually document it and, and do all of those things. Now, I've said all of this for a cat. 
I'm talking about a fucking cat. Do you know that kind of way? It's like you can, I, I don't, I genuinely don't think uh, people that you get enough respect, that's, I guess, is the, is the summary of the point that I'm trying to make. I'm sorry, we got there in the end, people. We got there in the end. But, but yeah, like you, before, you deserve yeah, before, more than medals. You really do. Oh, thank you. Well, be, before, the oils, just for what you were saying there, like when Murray would have a seizure, we would have to start counting. So basically, we, I would have my phone and I'd be putting the you know the stopwatch on. And once it got to five minutes, I'd have to administer midazolam to him and phone an ambulance. And then I'd be still counting another five minutes. If that would go, I'd have to administer more diet, more midazolam. But then the ambulance should be there and it always was there before I had to give a second dose. Um, but yeah, you're literally... Yeah, literally, you know, when you get to the five minutes, you're like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to have to give them this stuff and I'm going to phone an ambulance and oh my God. And you're just going, please, please stop, you know, in your head, you're like, oh God, please stop because mm. you're terrified because, you know, the longer the seizure goes on. And I mean, there's kids that have seizures for up to, like tonic-clonic seizures for up to an hour. And, you know, and it's just like, oh my God. And then, you know, cannabis oils with THC could help that, could stop yeah. that, could reduce it. Yeah, it's crazy when you think of what we're looking at now. Is this is still very crude when you think of a cannabis oil tincture? When you think of what we're looking at, yeah, they're they're trying to refine it and create all of their synthetic compounds, and they will continue to do so. But the more we really learn about this, I think then we're going to be able to use it in such prophylactic ways that people will just not be in this situation in the future. You know, there's mm -hmm. this, this theory that's been kicked around in higher end academic circles for a while of a chronic endocannabinoid deficiency syndrome. And I think epilepsy is going to fit right into that, along with fibro, along with, you know, MS, ME, oh, many of these. Mm -hmm. these yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there is something, yeah. something there that the intimate nature of the relationship that we, we have with cannabis and that we have had for the birth, since the birth of the modern uh, homo sapien sapien is yeah we're starting to learn far more and more and we're learning about the different cultures that have had this for so long and i truly think that we're going to get to a point of understanding that they almost didn't see it as medicine it was food if you don't eat food you starve yeah i think that's the kind of attitude we're gonna get to it's not a case of do you consume cannabis it's going to be do you enjoy the psychoactive benefits of cannabis or do you just consume <laughs> cannabis i think that's where we're going to get to because supplementation of everybody's endocannabinoid system i think will in some way modulate the genes that then when two people are coming together to create life that then it's the the combination of these genes that are then turning certain things on there's then epigenetics when the child is born that can then precipitate the turning on and off of certain genes but in a crude roundabout sense the healthier people are the healthier the genes they are when they reproduce so therefore if we get everybody's endocannabinoid system supplemented if we get it like a vitamin if we get it moved up with that kind of um, mentality then um i think that yeah the idea of us talking about these things in 20 30 years will just be just be moot yeah yes makes sense <clears throat> So you're going to talk there, Maggie. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just uh, pondering, like you know, homeostasis. Not to be, mm -hmm. you know, I mean that is uh, basically the efficiency of how your body works. Essentially, um, <laughs> I'm sure it could be described a lot better than that. But uh, I'd love to know 
how like a super reinforced endocannabinoid system fits into that and it probably will lead to everything that you've alluded to previously which is um you know the 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 petering out of relatable issues say like that that come under that umbrella such as you know epilepsy or fibromyalgia or Crohn's or something like that but I mean could it uh, could it promote some sort of um um positive effects in the opposite way see what I'm saying could it actually make our bodies more efficient than they would be and then obviously if it does conspiracy conspiratorial tinfoil hat uh moment <laughs> here is that that obviously clearly does not fit into uh, was it goldman sachs or somebody that said that uh, the ke- keeping people ill was more sort of uh, financially v- not viable but you know it was it was more suitable to the economy or so it was a poor fucking quotation as well i'm i'm on fire tonight i'll tell you <laughs> i got uh, you know at least coherent this time yeah. usually, usually, usually it's a double whammy with me you know uh, yeah think- it's like the, the pharmaceutical um companies would uh, yeah they would take a big hit if cannabis was being morally freely available for people to use or get prescribed or whatever because people wouldn't be needing as much pills you know mm. And that—that that is a fact. Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, we we already kind of seen this. I think that's why pharmaceutical companies are diversifying more into cannabis, and why they're trying to perpetuate and create this idea of medical cannabis. So in this country, you can be prescribed medical cannabis that is just floral cannabis, but as long as you vape it or don't combust it, and you've got a piece of paper that says it's magical cannabis, you're allowed it. But the other millions of people plus. There's, their cannabis isn't magic because they haven't got the corresponding piece of paper. And it's a bit absurd that we're we're in a position where the very same people who have perpetuated this paradigm of maintenance drugs, because that's what they are, they maintain a certain level of reduction of symptomology. Because of the Goldman Sachs quote that I believe the Maka <clears throat> was trying to uh, allude to before was a <laughs> Goldman Sachs executive stood up in an investment meeting, I think it was full of a lot of healthcare professionals in America. And he said that um, curing conditions is not conducive for a healthy economy. See, I've fucking said that. Yeah. <laughs> Just use different words. Again, mine's probably a rough paraphrase, but that is the, the, def, the de- sort of the definition of what he was saying. He was basically saying that the curing conditions is not good for a, a healthy economy. It won't keep that money coming. If you cure all illness, you remove tens of billions from is where or if not more in, in america from that market um and so yeah that you can understand for them if the perpetuation of profit if that quarterly profit is is the motivation that of course they're going to look at drugs like epidiolex that do just enough the efficacy is just there enough in the minimum amount that they can make god knows i think it's 300 plus million they made in 2020 alone on epidiolex sales in america yeah uh, you yeah, know at the crazy. same time they're denying you guys access it's descheduled in America. So they moved it, I think, to Schedule 5, and then they managed to, uh, got FDA approval. Then they were going in for Schedule 5, and I think they've now descheduled in America. So they're preparing to sell epidiolex over the goddamn counter. With, with We know the consequences of that, yet they're looking at the benefits of this cannabis plant. They're going, oh, we, we can't get there. And it seems the only difference is synthetic compounds or derived compounds, because then they can patent the combination of the compounds. Whereas if they go, oh, grow a plant, extract it, oil, tincture, yeah, they could maybe try and patent tincture, but I think that's 
probably an almost unpatentable at this point the sheer volume of um of companies that would well, use, use well, the... sorry you you may have to edit this he's in his room baby okay that was murray <laughs> sorry no 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 at all point of this podcast oh, is, is to talk about and encapsulate our lives so that is that's that's, that's perfect that, <laughs> is, that is perfect it adds to it well you know two years ago you wouldn't have been able to walk up the stairs and come and ask me something like that you know now, so, so yeah. articulate as well like yeah exactly now you can speak and you can mm. walk and it's all really really good yeah there's a part of me that's kind of there in my head and i want to explore this thought in uh, in a safe space as it were that when you're kind of one of the lucky ones because there's there's so many of them out uh i said them out there i don't mean to generalize in that sense but i'm trying to shorten my sentence to get yeah, to my it's point it's more the lucky it, it's more the lucky just it's, it, i think use a better term than that mm. You're one of the, I guess, the the few that is informed. Do you know what I mean? And because of your informed, you've managed to get an intervention at an earlier stage. Whereas I think the desperation increases with the mechanism Maka was describing before of that. Is this one the finality? Is this the point mm-hmm. where it ends? Is and I think that over time will build to such a point that you go, yeah, cut a skull open, yeah, tie trim of this, yeah, give them that, yeah, do this, yeah, yeah. And you give, you need to give that trust and have that trust in others because you can't handle the sheer weight and burden of that. And so I guess what I meant by that, and it was a very crude sentence, and so thank you for forcing me to re, uh, re-evaluate it, Maka, is that, yeah, you, I, th- I think that it, it just pained me in that moment of, of that interaction there. And then all of the parents and the people that will, as I hope at some point listen to this, they're in a similar situation. It pains me for their reaction mm-hmm. in their head of listening to that or seeing that and, and wanting that for their child, but not being able to. And, and there's, there's so many people that know some of if not all of what you know in the same position that the fear of criminality and the inability to access means that they are stuck knowing that they could do something but because mm-hmm. they want to be moral and good people their child has to continue to suffer the, the, yeah the, or, you know, or, a... yeah or people that really really trust what the doctors are saying you know really really trust them and they trust them so much that they won't go and get the oil for them because they're trusting their doctor saying to them no don't it's bad it won't help you know it might cause other problems and they trust them and it's so sad mm. really sad you know i mean that should be the bare minimum shouldn't it that if you go to the doctor he shouldn't be able to go well i've heard this i've seen this caught in the daily mail which i read religiously it says that this is like no this, i am not informed enough on this subject i cannot talk to you about this that, mm-hmm. that is what the show should, should be doing. They, they shouldn't then be trying to put you off it or trying to then upsell you on another product, on another service. Because it, ultimately, yes. if you, you look at this from a reductionist view, they are drug dealers. That's what they are there for. They are to provide a service for either treatment or for drugs. Ultimately, that, that is the modern system that we look at. We've all kind of been indoctrinated in this paradigm that if you go to a doctor with an ailment and you don't get a prescription for something, He's a shit doctor. He's not doing his job. He didn't take me seriously. You know what I mean? Three weeks later, you're fine, but you're still like, ah, doctor, but he didn't give me drugs and drugs are what I need because drugs are, drugs are the cure. And you can see how then we get manipulated into that mindset and then have yeah. that the juxtaposition, I suppose, or the, the separation of the reality of, of having another human being suffering, respons- being responsible for that is, yeah, as Marcus said, you, you really don't get enough, enough credit and kudos. And, Definitely and, and don't. Frankly, if the system's saying, yeah, oh, here's a bit of, cash uh, to pay for the, the treatment that would be the bare minimum at this point 
There should be treatment programs. There should be retreats. There should be entire funding mechanisms to allow for a system of normality. We have seen for a decade plus the stripping away of the benefit system, the streamlining of it to get rid yeah. of people that don't fit into their narrative and definition. Whereas what is the point of a free democratic society that creates excess wealth if that wealth isn't to help the most vulnerable? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Well said. <laughs> I think so. Because here's the thing. It's like not to sort of bring in the um, gender thing, but if you, if you swap it around, it's like... Like me as a man describing my feelings for a cat, now project that onto an actual child in that situation. I don't know if I could be as well mannered and as composed as all of you have been. I really don't. I I I definitely would have had a mental breakdown. I definitely would have. <laughs> Either that, or I'd have been lynching fucking politicians left and right. Going what? No, like genuinely going. What the fuck is the point of you if you can't protect children? That. Jesus Christ, like, come on. It's not, I was going to say, it's not that hard, but I mean, in terms of making those decisions to actually, uh, you know, provide the foundation for this to, to be a viable um, choice for people, because I want, you know, anybody that 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 is still up their own arse about, uh, oh, we, we definitely don't want pharmaceutical. It has its fucking place, clearly. We've learned that you're, you're, you're speaking with, 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 with um, sorry, I'm, I'm realizing I'm, I'm, I'm shouting and I'm feeding back. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but you know what I mean I've learned that I've, I've, I've taken that on the chin like it wasn't like a hard nosed thing but I was always a, of the illusion like if, if it was my child I'd grow and then the three the three of you come on and gone and gone well listen you you actually haven't fucking thought about this young fella <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> fucking do you know what I mean you don't get the fucking stress uh, of all of this kind of stuff so yeah I, I don't know I don't know how many more times I can say it but fucking hell like I yeah respect in the most simplest of terms i guess really really i mean yeah save me simple fuck's sake man <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's actually an interesting point then that was kind of brought up or an opportunity to branch off in the previous uh segment let's call it um <laughs> the it's something i've kind of been considering for a while and it's something that i guess you, you kind of can't know because you're kind of still in it but do you think this is kind of giving you CPTSD, complex post-traumatic stress disorder? Oh, Christ, I. Yeah, PTSD, without a doubt. I have days where, um, like, for instance, whenever Murray was ill, if I was out and I was, like, Murray was at home, right, um, and I was out and I heard an ambulance, I'd phone home and I'd phone and ask if that ambulance was for Murray and that didn't go away. I still get like that. If I hear an ambulance outside, I still have that urge to phone and I have to stop myself and say, look, you know, look at him. That ambulance isn't from Murray. You're, you're not phoning. You know, you're not phoning home. But I mean, I, I still get that. I have flashbacks to when he was in hospital. Um, Murray seems to remember when he had the yellow tube up his nose and down his throat for feeding. Mm -hmm. And I think he's got PTSD because of that, because he can be talking to you. Then all of a sudden he'll remember it and he starts getting very, very anxious and quite mm -hmm. aggressive with the way he talks. And and to see that is horrible. And so, you know, I get like that when I picture him and those horrible pictures that you saw, like in that kind of state, you know, I some they'll sit and I'll sometimes cry or I'll sometimes, you know, I have to stop myself and I'll feel angry. And um, yeah, it's a, but it's just, I just think, you know, we've, we've been through that. 
and that's just a side effect to having to go through something like that so hopefully in time that'll get better yeah. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> i mean it's, it's, it's the remnants are probably still around because you have you have this reprieve but it's it's something that's cyclical it's just constant it's 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 like a, a fire that's that's constantly being reignited in terms of like anxiety and stress because there is no certainty there is no um you know end point or you know where you can get that level of resolution so that you can healthily process this uh, uh, CPTSD. I think I abbreviated that correctly. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? And and I hope it comes for you in in the in the short term. I really really do because fucking hell, I, as a you know, I I can't even deal with it in an, an animal. I really can't. So fucking hell, yeah. Hopefully it's soon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're lucky. We are one of the lucky ones. He's not having any seizures now, you know? So we are really grateful and, and very, very lucky. So uh, what, what sort of your thoughts? I mean, you've got, I'm trying to think what month we're in now, fifth month, uh, seven months until the oil set went out again. Um, do you know of anything that's in the pipe work or, or do you sort of spec would you speculate that it's probably just going to be the same sort of thing in another six months and then no um months? i would import it actually um in glasgow have a facility so the pharmacist from the hague that um, extracts the oil is meant to be coming over here with the flower to extract the oil in the facility in glasgow and i know they've been working away with the department of health um, i've actually had a letter from the department of health saying that this is happening or i would or i wouldn't be saying it to you on on here um, so we've actually had that in writing to say that that is what's happening but um so far it's not quite set up yet i think more red tape to cut through and things so not until you know until it's officially put out in the media you know that's when i'll be able to relax a wee bit and know that it is getting mm. Um, the oil is getting extracted over here, but that so that's in the pipeline. Yeah, so yeah. hopefully that'll all be set up before January. So fingers crossed. <laughs> Interesting. Sorry, I was kind of lost in my own thoughts there, trying to piece something together in my head. Um, interesting way of doing it. So I suppose if they import as biomass or something like this, they can import it as agricultural or something else, um, or even actually under a, a drugs like drugs license when they're processing it here. Would then allow them to yeah facilitate that prescription whereas if it's importation of a drug you'd be fulfillment of a, a domestic prescription in a foreign market so actually that is quite a smart way of doing it if they can then match to that formulation i mean there are a few projects in the uk i, think, I believe the third license has been issued by the home office or is about to be issued by the home office and that's slowly pulling that door open um to use the analogy we we're using before and as soon as it opens there are several major players about a sprint through that so I think the idea of domestic production of most spectrum products is going to occur in the UK. And I think the compassionate argument hopefully should be out the patent argument to allow for the exact formulation of products that are helping children like uh, your own to get exactly what they need. I mean, yeah. once we've figured out, that, okay, let's help the people we can now figure out profitability later. This is always, at least until my speculative paradigm we were discussing before comes to fruition, if it does mm -hmm. it, if it does it all. If not, then yeah, we're always going to have illness. We're always going to have disease and conditions that are going to need managing. And these are the, 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 the plants and the compounds that can do that. So I think there's, there's a big enough pie for them later on, but they're only going to be able to bake it if they give us the hand in the, uh, the process, you know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking there's another question I want to ask you, but I can't pull it to the forefront of my mind. Um, did Maria ever try any sort of just isolate or broad products? Say that again. Sorry. Any <laughs> sorry, any isolate or broad products? No, the the first CBD product you tried was Epidilex. Um, although I was getting offered CBD here, there, and everywhere, I was too scared. I was too scared because of the amount of pharmaceutical medicine he was on and the amount of seizures he was having. I was just too scared to take something off someday and not tell my doctor. Um, so we held out for the Epidilex, which was the CBD isolate, and then basically weaned him off that and put him straight onto the Dutch oils, the Bergelite. Hmm. So, and I've got hundreds, you know, people saying, you know, they sell it in Holland and Barrett. Oh. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I saw it. I saw it on an, an article recently um, about Murray. I think it was in the Mirror, and it's the first first fucking comment, it's the first comment. Just go to Holland and Barrett, and I honestly had to walk away from the PC. Probably remember staff from Holland and Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> viral advertising. That's all. On the simplelife.com, honestly, I've had to stop putting co- the comments on in the blog sections because all that are really poorly auto-generated sentences that when you click on the link below, it's to a random CBD seller around the world. It's it's ridiculous. It's got like literally 50 or 60 comments just stacked back that I can't, um, can't do anything with you. Just unpublish them. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's again, it's it's ridiculous. Some people mean it out of naive but well-meaning nature. Others yeah. are snake oil salesmen. Others are just people that are suffering from the Dunning-Kruger effect and believe that they know everything about cannabis and because they can get <laughs> access to it, it's the best thing because they've got it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the best thing because they wouldn't have it. That kind of justifying sort of mechanism. There's something I'm, I'm just trying to Google to try and pull some information out of my ass. Um, but yeah, the issue of then people saying, oh, just take CBD. High-dose CBD or CBD in general um, inhibits the production of an enzyme in the liver, which is cytochrome P450, which modulates the... Um, the effectiveness of certain, in fact, the vast majority yeah. of pharmaceutical compounds. So actually taking a high dose of CBD from some random are going, I'm the man and I know this stuff here, take this. It's going to increase the the negative and detrimental effects of the pharmaceutical compounds they're on. It's going to prolong the, uh, the amount of time that they're in the system. So it'll therefore compound the effect. And that's when you really have these, these problems. And that mechanism is, is not very well understood at all. I mean, terrifyingly. So if you actually read the food safety authorities, justification in their press release as to why they became the regulators and why they're only allowing CBD first and not the other cannabinoids. They're saying they're not allowing the other cannabinoids through as in THC or the psychoactive compounds because they're fearful of their effects on traditional drugs. Well, quite clearly. It's a a fucking joke. Yeah. But then they'll push this. Yeah. So again, it's, it's what we were saying before about them using a truth to shield a lie, that thinly veiled bullshit. You know what I mean? It's yeah. they'll put that truth in there and kind of go, it's partly true of a statement and you go oh, on the surface, that's right. But there is a thing of the, the effects of um, ca- the cannabinoids in conjunction together will modulate or reduce or can actually increase depending on the ratio, the effect of these enzymes or the production of these enzymes. So it's, it's still far more needs to be sort of learnt on it, but it is that, that, that thing of it's all well-intentioned people but for some conditions, we have to be very fucking mindful. Very careful. Even things like warfarin, I mean, that totally reacts with CBD, doesn't it, as well? Mm-hmm. Like Murray was on, Murray's on a drug, Zanisamide, and we give it an hour before he gets his oils. 
Um, he's on a very small amount now, I must say, as well. We've uh, reduced it from 75 mils twice a day down to 25 with no seizures. So it just showed you that it wasn't wasn't working. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But, yeah, it... you, have to, you have to be careful. So we do give it an hour apart just in case. But it, we've never had any problems, so... Mm. I'm trying to rack my brain. I think the other one's glaucoma. I think glaucoma and CBD don't don't go well. Uh, it, it, it increases ocular um, degeneration. Yeah, statins. Uh, quite an awful lot of statins um, are have negative interactions with CBD. It's it's worth yeah. fucking sort of knowing what you're talking about before you recommend it to somebody. Do you know what but, I kind of Yeah. Uh, Is it because it's like blood thinning it? Like, because CBD obviously thins your blood. So, like, warfarin thins your blood. So, that would not be a good combination. The same with statins. Is that also blood pressure as well? Right, so. yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, can, it can, as you were saying, simply, it can, it can, it can uh, compound. Compound. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. I mean, I, I appreciate where your thought process went when I when I flippantly said you need to know what you're talking about. You, what I mean to say is, it's not, it's not the 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 general panacea that it could be if you were to summarize it well. In conjunction with pharmaceuticals, be careful. That's all I'm saying. Do you know that kind of way? Maybe yeah. figure out who what the fuck the the other things are before. Do you know that kind of way? Flip it yeah. around. <laughs> It's, is any is any so-called recreational uh, drug user will tell you you have to understand polydrug consumption, you have to understand certain interactions. So you would understand, say, not getting pissed mortal and then having your first line of ket, for example. You know that's going to compound <laughs> that effect, and you are going to not die, but you're going to have a horrible care holding your head at the ground. You know, you know, to put certain things like alcohol and cocaine have become popular, for example. People ha have to be aware of the interactions of that, of the compounding negative effects of it. And, and they're not because the awareness and education isn't there. So in the illicit market, it, it's very hard to incentivize dealers and the people that supply substances to give harm reduction education and information. Whereas for a marketplace where it's legal, you'd think that that should be commonplace. But if you look at the CBD regulations in this country, it's illegal for anyone that sells CBD to make medical claims. You telling them how the hell this works violates that regulation, ergo you would be a criminal. <laughs> So it's ridiculous. So yeah. I can I can talk about the effects and bring up all the scientific papers we want and we can write articles and do whatever the hell we like because they don't sell CBD. But if I were to then sell the product that I'm saying could do X, Y, and Z, the people then can't buy it from me. The, the, yeah. That breakdown and connection and, and, and trust within the person who can supply accurate research information and then someone that can uh, supply a clinically tested and well-respected and uh, product that carries a certain continuity and a certain consistency that's ridiculous so exactly that like, you can see why idiots are then going well i've learned all of this stuff on the internet and i've watched this and read this and seen this i'm gonna go hold in the barrett and i'm gonna cure this and it's just like <laughs> no and it's frustrating because it, you can't quite get them to understand that i mean one of the, the the favorite things that me and my girlfriend now do is wherever we see holland and barrett's we kind of go in and bully the staff not in like not in, not in like a horrible way but so we'll walk around and we'll look at stuff and we'll, we'll play games like what's the most expensive thing in the shop? And then we get to the CBD counter and we kind of go, hmm, what is this? So we'll play a bit naive and kind of look at stuff and, and then we just get irked about shit. So we're just like, look at the packaging on that. You read this? What is that? That does not say what is in it. That is poor science. That doesn't actually, you know, just, and just berate the stuff. And then we saw a CBG moisturizer additive. So it's a CBG der uh, der uh, derivative in the carrier oil. That you then put in your moisturizer thing and you whip it up and you put it on your skin 
And CBG is like antifungal and antibacterial predominantly. CBD is, is anti-inflammatory when used just as topicals. So we went up to sit on the counter. What, what will this do? And the, the woman and the guy sort of stood there, no one else in the shop. And they went, uh, uh, well, we, we kind of can't tell you, but uh, what, what, what we do is that the customers can come in and we make it available and they buy it. And then if you go in the review section on our website, it'll tell you what other people are using it for. Oh and my was, god! Oh. And so, 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 me, Mrs. Sort of looking at it, going, and this and this, and sort of just having the life, playing that kind of naive, but like I'm, I should be informed. I'm a customer. You're, you're a, a, a purveyor of a product. You should be informed on the product. Tell me about this product, and just kind of made them uncomfortable. And this is just this lingering thing of, of just like, so what will it do? And then I kind of, uh, I went, well, CBG has been shown at blah blah CBD, and just launched into like a little tie trade of education information. They kind of looked at each other. And it just lingered like a fart in an elevator. And we were just like, <laughs> time to leave. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. So again, there's people that think that they know this shit because they watch something on, did I see someone tag correctly? I scroll through Facebook so fast these days. That I just have flashes of crap. I'm sure I saw somebody tagged a post that was on Coronation Street or East Enders or something. They're growing cannabis to extract in their own oil. It's like a story on one of the narratives at the minute. I'm sure it is. Yeah, it's so the, the people are then seeing that and then going, Oh, I, if it's on EastEnders, I can do it. They get, they'll then put the little setup, they'll get three little plants, and they'll go, so all, or they'll go the other route and go, I'll go Holland and Barrett, they'll try it for three months, and now it'll happen because they're taking a five percent pissed down watered isolate product and not incorporating lifestyle changes, not incorporating a better diet, not trying to do other work to actually improve their condition or their, their lifestyle, you know what I mean. Mm. Or they'll go the other way, like I say, set up that goddamn grow and get raided on the second day because they forgot a carbon <laughs> filter because they didn't show it on Cory. You know what I mean? Or they forgot. To, but it just shows that, and all of these people getting caught up in this system. So it's it's the suffering of the children on one side. It's the the countless deaths of fucking old people that are getting pharmaceuticalized to death. We put them in yeah. old care homes and go right. If we've actually found if we give them five to ten percent more of these things, they die three to four years earlier but we can actually put them in a comatose system so that we can rake in all that goddamn money. So the long-term residents of care homes go fucking down that if they don't die within the first few months of going in, they are there as a perpetual paycheck. You know what I mean? If they go in with a smidgen of Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, whatever, the worsening of that is ridiculous. And it, that could be helped with, again, the integration of cannabis into diet, into lifestyle. If we, we and everything in between, it's, it's an absurdity that they've kind of gone, oh, we found this magic thing. And they've kind of, again, put that thin veil of bullshit over the entirety of the history of the culture of the community of this globally and gone, we found these. Mm. If you put these things together with this, it's magic. How's it magic? Uh, we, we don't know. You're not allowed to say. You're not allowed to ask. It's <laughs> but, you, but yeah, you can't buy a high street. You can buy that on the high street, but it might work. It might not. But if you want this, yeah, you have to come to us and go, yeah, yeah, it's going to cost you 20 grand a year. Yeah, it's our special magic and our magic. And it is that kind of fucking mentality. It is literally as absurd as that. They are spending millions, billions globally, collectively as an industry to market and manage and create a medical cannabis paradigm while criminalizing anybody else who has actually discovered through firsthand research, through firsthand experience and created this pathway for their entire system and industry to exist. It's, it's beyond mm -hmm. frustrating to me. And I, I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm because of my class, because of my, my whiteness, because of my current position and geographical location, I can get away with the fuck I want. I can sit here every goddamn week and criticize everything. I can go into meetings with Durham police. We can organize public events. We can do all the stuff that we do and not have to worry about uh, a consequence to it. But the reason I'm still in this fight is it's, it's absurd. It's fucking absurd. All of these, it's, it's a revolution that is it's pulling the cork. All of this water that we're drowning in that has risen over the past two, three decades, we just, 
We pull that cork of prohibition, drains the water. We've got a chance to rebuild. Everything can grow again in, in the new fertile earth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's mad. It's a case of, you know, you have a, if you, you buy cannabis off the street or grow your own, um, get your driving license taken off you. But if you have a private prescription, you can keep your driving license. And it's just, it doesn't make sense. It's like, what? Um, I like, you know, you'll, you'll get arrested and taken to court unless you've got a private prescription. And <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. How, how do you know that, you know, like for somebody that vapes it or smokes it and it helps them, how did they, how do they know to go and get a private prescription for it? You know, because they've tried illegal, well, illegal cannabis, do you know what I mean? Well, and that's how they know. Well, yeah, exactly. So that's how they, they know the idea. Or again, the people that are then seeing it, when I typed your name in the word cannabis, the first two things were adverts for medical cannabis clinics here in the UK. It's it, yeah. So it, it 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 is it is quite quite frustrating when you look at the things that they've used to then create targeted advertising to uh, commit SEO, search engine optimization. You look at again the weaponization or the co-option of our language. So they're now talking about adult consumption rather than recreational. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're really trying to co-op the paradigms so that it, it benefits that that industry first. Or I mean, just that industry, the, the let's call it the bigs of the world, big pharma, big energy, uh, big tobacco, big alcohol. They were the first players into this in North America. They put a lot of fucking money in and then reaping that reward. Now the big tobacco companies are quite happy to publicly be like, yeah, we're investing in this. Yeah, we're moving this. Yeah, we're doing this. So big energy are just doing the same goddamn thing. And then pharma. So this this... Mon these collective monoliths their power of going okay you can have this but we want to own all of it you want a license to grow it you got to pay me you want to sell it oh you got to pay me for a license you want to socially consume <laughs> it oh that's a social consumption license give me the money you, you want to trade it oh that's a trader's license you know it's it's, it's going to be that ridiculous of, of, of everything that they're going to own every facet of this and along the way they're going to collect all of this goddamn data scoop it up and go right how do we fit this back into the pharmacological paradigm so that we are the gatekeepers we are the gods again that if you want the magic potions you must come to us you must beg and plead us and maybe if we're in a good mood we will give you the magic uh, paper as i've said as i've alluded to <laughs> on a previous previous fucking um podcast if that is what is absolutely go going to happen and it's looking likely that that's that's actually going to be viable and i wish they'd just get the fuck on with it hurry the fuck up stop being lazy bastards Come on, do you know what I mean? There I are people I fucking I waiting. <laughs> I don't think it's laziness. I think it's it's um the image in my head there was like a nineties night Windows ninety five loading bar, and you know, like <laughs> it's glitchy bars, and it's like so, so the right we've got the hemp industry here, right? We've strangleholded there. We've put CBD through the FSA. We've got that industry, right? Everyone's saying medical cannabis now, beautiful. They're all talking our language, good. We've got that, and they're just putting the pieces together, and it's the blocks are just falling into place for them. It's the old. And, so, and, as, and as soon as they hit that hundred percent, they suddenly you'll see the headline conservative government is to decriminalize yeah, cannabis yeah, yeah. is to allow blah 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 and it'll be through they've vertically integrated everything yeah job jobs for the boys you look at what was it 95 percent of the contracts that were issued during covid were non-contested contracts to people with familial or uh, personal business links to the conservative party yeah. you don't think the same goddamn thing is happening now what we we're talking about before with our private health system is two birds one stone if these fuckers can dismantle the nhs and make themselves money and become the gatekeepers and regulators to all of this. They, that's they've won the game. That's king me. That's drafts and they got everybody in there at the end. Done. That's yeah. what that's what I feel truly in my heart heart they're working working towards. Because if they break that system, you break the UK, you won Europe, mate. 
I know we've moved out of Europe, but once you understand the economics and how the financing is going to work with their companies being floated on the London Stock Exchange, if you're the big boy in this little island, you're a huge player on the continent of Europe, which is larger than the entirety of North America, Canada, America, and uh, Mexico. Just something to ponder. It's not larger than Russia, though, is it? I don't know the population of Russia. Well, in terms of surface area, <laughs> we surface are. Area. <laughs> <laughs> I meant population density, but okay, I'll give you that. Uh, I'll, I'll, look, I'll concede that. I mean, yeah, that's fine. And you have, you have, you have, you know, you painted a very bleak picture there, but just to add to it. Potentially bleak. Potentially only bleak. Only no, potentially. You know, potentially, probably, whatever. It's like, <laughs> along with that, along with that extremist, um, it's not extremist, it's the wrong word. Like, bleak we'll stick with bleak along with that bleak view will probably come a breaking point social socially where people will actually be forced to unify finally finally stop being fucking keyboard warriors and actually get out in the fucking street because it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't actually matter in the end of the fucking day if that if that if that level oh i've won europe i've you know I, i've achieved everything i control it i am the gatekeeper well how many of you are there because there's a fuckload more of us. Do you know that kind of way? Let's hope, let's hope you have fucking, whatchamacallit, um, sentient robot guards at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like I'm being really ridiculous. Uh, sorry. No, you, you know, you raise an interesting <laughs> kind of idea in the um, systems in industry are made up by individuals, and most individuals are, out, let's call them our side of the fence. They have to live to survive. They, they, have, they don't have passive incomes, they don't have inheritance, they don't have some mechanism by which they can continue. The vast majority of people are one or two paychecks away from poverty. That if they lose their job, the lack of savings they have, the compounding debt from interest and everything else, they'll be crippled very fast. And they know this. This is part of the, the strategy of neoliberalistic politics is to get people indebted up to the eyeballs because it keeps them forever in servitude. So it's a paradigm that they've got very used to. Whereas um, the... Uh, attempt to use that same sort of thing into the medical application of say cannabis for example doesn't doesn't kind of work what they're trying to do here is then go here you've got to impoverish yourself for this you've got to then work to make to make this when you look at the margins when you understand that the base amount of thc and cbd in any of these products how much it actually costs to drive and create that versus that end product if we can remove that capitalist in uh mechanism reduce that neoliberalistic intention on it if we can go to the idea of well this does this and it'll cost this do this there are far other mechanisms by which they can make their fucking money it doesn't need to be off the backs of the suffering the most vulnerable very well so yeah, yeah, yeah. do, 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 you know, do you know i mean there are people in this world yeah, yeah. that can afford and will go i want to spend four grand on two two grams of, of an extract because it was ran through a gold plated system and it was you know done by girls in bikinis and it was flown across the world on a private do you know what i mean people will buy into that and that's the margins where you make it luxury should be what you're paying for absurdity is what it is. So when you're paying for that higher end product that costs this to make but because i put my goddamn label on it it's five times more expensive you're paying for that. You're not paying for the bag. You're paying for the label and for the the image that it gives you, for that facade, for that little thing that you can staple onto your exterior. And this shouldn't be true then of, of cannabis as a medical thing. If it has a legitimate medical need and can only be derived, or sorry, can only be utilized through derived products into oils like this, then that mechanism shouldn't have a profit margin. And to be insular, absolutely insular, diamonds and sauce, you want all of these kind of things, yeah, you pay for it because 
it's it's not a necessity it's an accessory yeah and i think that mm -hmm. needs to be the separation if they're going to continue with this medical cannabis paradigm they need to go right actually yeah, you can take these drivable pills and we've added it with this compound and this drug and therefore it now comes with a list of side effects this long if that is the only mechanism by which you can administer it and it will help with symptom uh, symptomology and reduction of the condition then hell yeah i'll back that but if you're going to say that's the only route to access and anyone using the raw plant is a criminal i'm going to continue to rebel against it yeah yeah i agree I think that's a, a, a wonderful note to uh, to maybe wrap this up. So, self praise is no praise, brother. <laughs> okay, okay, I see, I see, I see what it is. Uh, I suppose I got one more, uh, actually, final question. Um, it's it's kind of the question that we that we we ask all guests. Although I've kind of found that asking it to people like yourself or exactly the mothers that are in the situation is it's a very difficult one to answer. And the the final question we normally ask is. Um, what does the future hold for you? Oh, what does the future hold? What does the future hold? Hopefully over a thousand pounds a month richer. <laughs> <Too> <laughs> we don't have right. to pay for this bloody oil. Um, yeah, what does the future hold? Hopefully Murray is just stays healthy. Mm. You know? Yeah. Because my life just revolves around Murray. Then I've got two older kids and like everything's about money, 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 money. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully yeah. everything just evens out. And yeah, everybody's just happy and healthy. <laughs> Hope so too. Yep. Really do. Yeah. I really, really do. It's a good hope and aspiration. I did just think of something. I know quite a lot of you guys out there uh, maybe skirting on the edge of the law and maybe selling uh, various things and doing whatever you're no, doing to get by. No. I I'm, I'm just speculating alleg allegedly. Um, but if you would happen to have a few extra quid that you could throw into the donation pot for this, uh, we will put a link in the description below for fundraising. And like I say, a thousand pounds a month, obviously to yourself when you've got a full-time job in just caring for him, let alone having to care for yourself, then actually having to find the goddamn money, then having to maintain a household and everything else on top of that, you, you can't gain that. Whereas for somebody that's shot an eight of something that they've grown, especially if they're then selling it for 50, 60 quid, I'm sure you guys wouldn't mind losing 50 quid here, a hundred quid there a month, 10 of you, 20 of you guys. Not a bad idea. <laughs> The good way to clear your conscience that's all i'm saying folks you can do it through uh through, through, through paypal and other ways for your for your protection all i'm saying that's all i'm saying <laughs> bitcoin but yeah <laughs> yeah but that's 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 it honestly honestly that's the hope i see is is the old school mechanism that's what it was for a long time in a lot of places they sold to the people who wanted to get high and they were happy to pay that price because it meant that the people who needed it got it cheaper and that's the mechanism we need to go back to. We could fund all of this tomorrow if they just legitimized the adult consumption sales. Mm -hmm. so it would just, it would it'd be a blip. It would be less than 0.0%. That would be a full subsidized marketplace for it because guess what? We smoke a shitload of weed in this country. The legality of it hasn't prevented us from doing it. Punitive me mechanism hasn't stopped us from doing it. All of the propaganda and reefer madness under the sun hasn't stopped us doing it. So they may as well give us the opportunity so that when I go to a nice coffee shop down in Durham and I smoke a big fat blunt, part of that is helping your son. That seems logical to me. And the 100%. fact that we can't get there, I, I don't... I... It's mad, like, isn't it? It's, it's actually madness. It's, it's like, come on to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I know wow. you just want to scream and go and shake people and go, come on, yeah. sort this out. Yeah. Really, really do. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. 
yeah and on that note i'm gonna go shake some people in the street um karen thank you very much for coming on and being a guest thank you for having me on also you just lost you oh oh are you back are you back i'm here you're back you got me we got you frozen you two froze Oh, there you go. Uh, there you yeah, go. We're back in real, back in real time. Well, yeah. Again, yeah. Thank you very much for coming, uh, folks. If you enjoyed this episode, please do check us out on patreon.com forward slash Simple Life, where you can help for less than a cup of coffee a month to help us keep the lights on at this place and to help us advance this project. We are trying and will be looking at options to fundraise to help get us to Product Earth and Paradise Gardens later on in the year, which is going to be amazing. We're in conversation with quite a few of the artists who will be headlining these events. So musicians galore are going to be coming to the podcast over the summer. So please do help where you can. Check out uh, the fundraising as well, please, for, for Karen and to help uh, subsidize Marie's oil access. Karen, I wish you the best of luck with your fight with the NHS. I seriously hope that um, that this issue can be resolved. And uh, as always, folks, check us out at simplelife.com and everywhere at slash to simple life. Peace and love. Bye. <laughs>